Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Nice. Good beat there, Kramer. Oh, we like this. We've always liked this, Plantique. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Yes. So long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, look. <laughs> look at this. Izzo, I love him. Is he trying to make amends or was this planned here? Happy birthday. Here? Bringing in a little, to, uh, little muffin here. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. All right. Happy birthday, Tiki and Tierney. Yeah, you're the best. Thank you, Izzo. Happy birthday to us. Hey. Yeah, you hey. forgot hey. about me again. <laughs> you ignored me again. I got, I got the show. You really illuminated Tiki, <laughs> and you made me second fiddle again. You want to blow oh, out the candle? Great. You want to blow got, out the candle? Yeah, I'll blow it out. Get it over here. BT, BT's going to blow out the candle. I'll eat it because he won't eat it. What is it? It's a, not oh, a, it's a muffin or something. It's a... No, nah, it's not even a real cake. Now, I got a question, Mr. Rizzo. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. This is more like for ten years. It's only one year. Hopefully we make it. Uh, hopefully we make it past there. It's a muffin. So it is, but I got a question it's a, it's for you. Muffin. But it's a presentation, Tiki. Oh, I see. Now, I got you. I'm sure that was an unintentional omission. You just try to graphic it up and make it look dope. I understand. You're very yeah, good with this it's stuff. A wry smile, though. It's now also the second time in two weeks that you've kind of left me obscured. You see, yeah, you see the pattern, BT. Well, I'm, I'm kind of wondering why you're doing this to me. Oh man, Tiki thinks it's intentional. I don't. I don't think you roll he's that He's a way. smart guy. Well, I know he's not. <laughs> he's a smart dude. Is? I'm listening to you. <laughs> we don't have an it issue, is. do we? I have no oh, issue with you. I, I know that. Absolutely not. No, no, they're no, no, they know, know that no you issue. will react. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> if, it, if it was me, it'd be like, all right, whatever. Well, because you'd have care. to actually <laughs> open Twitter to see it, which he never does. Well, if we put out a normal one-year graphic, you guys didn't notice it, by the way, until like the show's like, we got an hour left here. You went three hours without noticing it. No, no, I did. I was just, I was planning on how I was going to address it. Good. That makes me feel better. So, go ahead. If we put out a graphic that was just the we did we updated it by the way. I saw that. Yeah. So I'm we, not responding we, to that. We made that one first. Late. We made that one well, then it was I spoke to Kaplan. He's our graphic genius. Andrew uh-huh. Kaplan's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah, it was the original. You and I said, you know what? Before we put this out, can you make one with the one covers BT's head? Because he's gonna he's gonna react. And <laughs> now, Are you serious that yeah, you really plotted I'll, this out? I'll show out? you the chat. Well, you know we had a meeting. You BT. know me that well. We had a already. meeting about it. Am I just <laughs> freaking predictable? I, I made the mistake. Yes. I made the mistake last <laughs> week when I left you off the thumbnail for the cartoon thing. Yeah, and, I, and, and I texted was, you. And that was, well, there's so many moving parts, so there's so many layers. Yeah, Your yeah, layer yeah. was behind the main layer. Yeah, yeah, So there's yeah. a missing piece where BT's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So but I was the like, only one what? at the station who was not there, to right, be fair. Okay. Right. And so, now this a week later. I figured, yeah. well, because that happened, uh-huh. if we do this, he's going to know it. Oh, so, all right, I got you. That's pretty <laughs> so smart. So we did it, and I figured if, if we put out a real graphic, uh-huh. it's just going to go out. It'll go out. Maybe they see it. Maybe they don't. But if we do this, mm. they can talk about it. I like it's it. It's going to be a thing. I like and it. And I got you guys some often. And there now we, we could, go. The show can share it. That's well, right. listen, I'll tell you, man. You know, first of all, you do an awesome job with this stuff. You really do. Thank you. Uh, I think you that- remember we were on the national show side. He never even talked to us. I- 
Well, don't break this. <laughs> it was a vacuum beat. It was a, a vacuum, vacuum on you guys know. Side. As you guys didn't mind, like, by the way. We like, really had no bosses at like, that point. We just did whatever the hell we wanted, which like, wasn't dude, the worst thing in the Tom world. They got Tom Izzo, who's, yeah. who we talk to all the time, because we talked to Tom Izzo, the coach of the Michigan State our boy. Spartans basketball squad, right? Mm-hmm. All the time. But our Tom Izzo, who sits right next to us, won't yep. even say talk to us. I know. I they know. got their own graphic guy. We got Bubkus. Well, I remember for years, <laughs> like... I mean, I don't know who was running the FAN graphic, but I, I was like, oh, man, like it was, I'm not certain that I'm trying to throw anybody under the bus, but it, it seemed a little antiquated. Like corporate? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for, yeah. a little corporate. And it is Yeah, it, was, it didn't reflect nicely. the fun that happens on the yeah. Correct. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. I think you capture some of the nuttiness, some of the, the you know, the sophomore stupidity uh, that we uh, that we engage in. So you do an awesome job. Thanks, awesome man. job, yeah. man. They, they came to the dump. They came to Staten Island. They're like, let's get this guy out of the train. Yeah, that's that right. Is that Put him on. From? Yeah, he's yeah. Staten Island kid. Absolutely, yeah. play football in Staten Island. Yeah. See, see this this is what bothers me though. Hold on, he doesn't even know about you because he doesn't care to ask. I've oh. asked about you and you still leave me off these graphics. Oh, he doesn't I, ask about. He doesn't even know where you're from. I, I, when someone tells me, <laughs> I will know forever. Like, you know, Stu and Gallo, you know, they grew up together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the onus, but but, but Izzo, get this straight. The onus is on people to deliver their backstory to him because he will not ask you. I am not a, I'm not an (laughs) intruder in your life. Are you guys competing right now for my friendship? Yeah. Nah, man. I'm kidding. I love you both. I love you. Love you too, man. Thank you, Izzo. Thank you, Keep it up. Love you guys. Thank you, brother. Enjoy that muffin. We will. Much appreciated, dude. Good stuff. Thank you for coming in with that, man. He won't eat it. No, I will. Is that cranberry? I actually yeah. like cranberries. It's got sugar in it. You never eat sugar. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm going to taste it. I'll Go for you. it. <laughs> so, so, so Steinbrenner, I think this is what I was reading before he walked in yes. with that, right? Uh, let me just read a little something for you. On January 3rd, 1973, a tw- I wasn't even born yet. Uh, a 12-member group headed by George Steinbrenner purchases the Yankees for $10 million for Columbia Broadcasting System, which owned the team since 1964. Now, the amazing part, Steinbrenner's initial investment was actually fairly small, $168,000 out of the $10 million, Wow. Which, which equated to a little less than 2% of the initial ownership stake. Uh, over the years, he obviously wrestled. Now I'm just going to kind of throw in my own narrative here. Uh, he, he wrestled more of the control away. And when he died in 2010, he had uh, a slightly below 60%. I think it was 57 58% of the Yankees. And, you know, listen, I, I think we all on some level... We all wax nostalgic. We all romanticize about, you know, the way things were. Sometimes it's accurate. Uh, sometimes it's it's unfair. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it's overly complimentary. You know, like I, I'll give you an example. Like the Rex stuff. I think it's you could look at Rex and you can focus on the back to back AFC championship appearance, which was awesome. Awesome. And but but I think when you do that, you can also ignore all the other stuff and the the lackluster years and the defensive breakdowns and depends what you want to latch on to. With Steinbrenner, and I think the correlation to his son and how he operates the team now, I think it's inevitable. Now, eventually, you know, in 50 years, like, I I don't think our kids are going to be talking about George because they don't know George. No. Okay? They didn't experience it. No. And they are growing up, like, as fervent a baseball fan as my son is. I don't even even know if he knows who owns the Yankees. Now that I think he can tell you Mm -hmm. 20 guys on the team. But when we were growing up, and this is the one thing that I miss, I really do. Oh, back in the day. No, but this part of back in the day was better than now. I loved when owners parachuted in and let their feelings be known. It's funny because that I love that. It's funny because we like we I don't want to say malign, but maybe mock a little bit the fact that Jerry Jones does this all the time. Because but Jerry Jones is living in an era, a bygone era, in a sense. I mean, he has a he has a radio show. He has a radio show with our colleagues down my boy, in Dallas. Yeah, my boy, uh, RJ and Sean. Yeah, exactly. Down in Dallas. It's a good muffin, by so, the way. It is a very good muffin. But to to your point, that's how it used to be. Now owners are very much in the background. Like you don't. I mean, do they even go to the games? You know, some of these owners. Yeah, not as much. Not as much. Stevie's there quite a bit. Yep. So, Dolan's always there. I, I think. But I think you know when you talk about romanticizing history. Yeah. And and then specifically with the Jets now, because that's where that's what we started the show with. The reason you remember Rex is because Rex made you feel like amazing. He made you feel like your Jet fandom was worth it. And so it's it's on top of your mind because it emotionally feels you still remember that that like, great emotion and it hasn't been replaced. Um 
Robert Sala's not there yet. It's been there moments, but he hasn't had it, the ultimate success, which which is a postseason run, and then you know doing something that's lasting, which is getting to the AFC Championship game, doing it two years in a row. That's why people remember Rex because they remember how that felt. Yes. And yeah. It, well, it, yes. There was a bombastic approach. There yeah, was, but, it, but it was one of us. Yes, he but it was, wasn't even that. He I mean, represented our feelings. But that was the trail of it. Like the one that the thing that the lead is. I remember what it was like to be in that NFC champ, the AFC Championship game twice. Like you just remember it. All the other stuff kind of props up that one emotion. And until you get that again, you're going to pine for it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the Jets just haven't had it since then. Yeah, and it, yes, I I agree with that. But even like when you look at James Dolan, who who's always at the Garden, mm-hmm. never looks happy, <laughs> but he's always at the Garden, right? Uh, Hal, who is, I mean, it looks like. A lawyer, like he's very detached yeah, emotionally, viscerally, yeah. right? Uh, the Wilpons were very similar in that, detached for the most part. Like to me, and I think I get this just because I didn't play like you did and I'm wired differently than you. You know, when you are a fan of a bad team, a downtrodden, star-crossed franchise, well, I don't mean for a year, but when it's a protracted, you know, elongated run where it's like, gee, this is miserable. We want our pound of flesh. And when the owner weighs in and heads roll or declarations are made and boundaries are established, for whatever reason, it makes us feel better. And we don't get that from any owners anymore. Mm -mm. Any owners. I think it's incredibly interesting that 50 years ago today, you know, one of the most bombastic, successful owners of all time uh, bought the Yankees. Now, real quick, speaking of the Yankees, what is this? You got some Yankee news? I think this is pretty interesting. You tell me. Okay. Yankees appointed a new executive advisor to the uh, to the general manager. Uh, former Astro? No. Oh, who? Former San Francisco Giant. Okay. Brian Sabian. Brian Sabian. I think that that's ve- – I like that. That, I think that's kind of huge. I think that that's well, tell, very tell interesting. Tell me the title again. Uh, executive advisor to executive the GM. Executive advisor to, to the GM. I have always liked Brian Sabian. I have always respected Brian Sabian's work. That is an interesting hire. That is a good hire. Yeah, I wonder what that role entails. Like, what's what's going to be his job? Well, is it Is it more... Leg, I'm trying to think like leg work with player or um, um, other teams regarding players. Like what? What exactly? Would my that guess. Be? My guess is you think about well, you take the role of the GM, who has influence on many things, whether messaging, mm-hmm. whether it's roster construction first and foremost. Um, I think an, an analytical aspect, a minor league development. I, 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 the way I take it is that Sabian is now. Uh, Pretty deeply entrenched in the family, and unless this is just well, let's put out a press release to appease those Yankee fans who want a Cashman <laughs> gone, which I don't think is the case. If they don't utilize Brian Sabian in every conceivable aspect, then they're foolish. I think that they will. I love that. That's good. How long has he been an executive? Oh, he's been around the game thirty years. Thirty yeah. years. Yeah. Is, yeah. is, is, is what, that the exact number? Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. 30 and years, he man. was from ninety six to eighteen. Was he with the Giants? I believe ninety seven fourteen and. Three World Series. I've always liked Sabian. I've always liked him. I've always respected him from a distance. That actually not that far from a distance. I yeah, exactly. remember bumping into him in San Francisco, having a couple of chats. I liked him then. I liked him personally. I think he's very good too. Awesome. There you go. All right. There you go, Huff. There you go. We get Mets get Correa. You get Brian Sabian. Well, now I <laughs> <laughs> now I just need a left fielder. Yeah, all right. Sabian, get in his ear and tell him what we have is not going to work. <laughs> all right. It's January. It's twenty twenty three. Uh, I understand you can make a trade in season. I, I kind of prefer Brian Reynolds on the team on opening day because then that means that Hicks is gone. And then that means that Cabrera can do what I think he's best suited for now, kind of a super sub role. All right? So, that's that. <laughs> I want to be an advisor to all these teams. Yeah. Of all the teams in New York, which team? Okay, let me and answer me honestly. Of all the teams, I know the answer is none. But of all the teams in New York, which team do you think should listen to me the most? The Yankees. Second? Jets. I thought you were going to say the Knicks second. Mm, nah. Because the you Knicks are going on the right path. No, they're on a they're on a good path right gotcha, now. Gotcha. They actually hung on to Thibodeau. And I think it's a smart move. Oh, now you want to you want to extend them? You wanted to fire him last year when no. we started a year ago. Well, I mean, think about what he was doing. He was a, he's playing 12 guys a, a day. You think they trade Toppin? Yeah, yeah I, I think do. so too. But the simple most the move of shortening your bench instead of playing 
nine guys every night, ten guys yeah, every yeah, night. It, it's it was simple, not sustainable. <laughs> there's no rhythm. There's no flow. Yeah, but now I agree with that. I, I don't know why he finally decided to do that. Maybe because they're healthy. Well, first of all, Toppin got hurt. Uh-huh. Uh I think that there were some circumstances that were presented that almost forced him to. Meaning you know, Fournier being terrible. And Fournier's actually gotten off. They they had to dust him off. How long did it take to dust Fournier off, by the way? Hey, Evan, you're in. Yeah. You had to get like nine vacuums to dust him off. <laughs> and he played, I think he played, missed like 20 games in a row. Yeah. I think he sat. He's going to be dealt soon. Yeah. No, Thibs is, he has shown um, a little more. My point is they don't need you. That's why I said. Oh, that. thanks, buddy. It's <laughs> very harsh. You're right. Uh, well, hold on. They they could have used me because I told them on draft night they should have drafted Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. But we don't need but to I'm go there. But I'm talking about real time. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, Tig, we're inside our Town Fair Tire Studio. Friends at Town Fair remind you that you always get the guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. It's 115 on the Fantiki and Tierney until 2. More of your calls coming up. 877-337-6666. And, and I'm sure what I, you know, what I was saying about the owners no longer really weighing in, certainly not viscerally, you know, and you've got to be a certain age to, to remember that. But is, is that something you miss? And again, the new way of media, social media, it's a different way of communication. I get it. But, like, to me, that is one thing from the past that I think – would still be awesome for fans. Many things that are new are actually pretty good. That's one thing that I lament that we no longer have, and I think that you probably do as well. But if you disagree, I don't know. Love to hear from you. We got you till two. Cardinal Roberts coming up after us on The Fan. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, it is 121 on the fan. It's the Tiki and Tierney show. So the Sapien stuff is is really interesting. You know, Tiki and I were doing a deep dive during the break about this. And, you know, I remember as a kid, I remember seeing Sapien's name in the newspaper a lot. I do remember that. He was a scout in the mid-'80s. So uh, I think he started 85, 85 through the, uh, the early-'90s. And he either drafted or signed a lot of the players that, that really led the dynastic run here, Jeter and Moe. Uh, Posada, mm-hmm. Andy Pettit, J.T. Snow, who was a uh, pretty good first base. Well, actually wound up in San Francisco, ironically, after that. Yeah. And other spots, too. Uh, but this is a good baseball man who's been 3,000 miles away in a completely different league with a completely different way of doing things. That voice cannot be a bad thing for the Yankees. No, I, and I think that's really that's, that's the idea. So I was just We were looking at his age, 66 years old, so still he's got a lot of professional life in him. Uh, in personal life, obviously, as well. But it it feels like the Yankees are being intentional about getting a new, a different voice, not a new voice, but a different voice on some of the decisions that are being made, particularly around trade deadline stuff, uh, because he made some of those decisions that ultimately led to the turnaround for the Giants back in the late 90s that ultimately led to them winning three championships. That's right. Said. That's right. Uh, you know, guys like Matt Cain, uh, Brandon Belt. Mm-hmm. Timmy Lincecum, who was phenomenal before he flamed out a little bit. Yeah, no, that those giant teams. And the thing about those giant teams that are probably, I think, among the most impressive um, things to be redundant about a championship group, uh, in I think in baseball history, is that there wasn't a lot of redundancy with the rosters. Like, not to get into the weeds of the Giants' three championships. I don't think people care as much because it's not here. I yeah. get that. But to me, it speaks to their ability to recreate and and to keep going with different players. Like, the Yankees won pretty much with the same core. But if you look at those Giants teams, like one year Pablo Sandoval hit three home runs in a World Series game. The next year he was 50 pounds or whatever. And I'm not not, not body shaming the guy, but literally woefully out of weight, overweight, and gone. And, you know, Lincecum lost his stuff. And, like, they were able – Angel – what's uh, what's the former – oh, God, what was the former Mets – uh, on uh, help Pagan. There you go. Thank you, Dove. He just had this ability to. All right, this isn't working. This guy's aged out. This might work, and a lot of times it actually did. So Ryan Vogel's song was a bit of a reclamation. I'm just throwing names out mm-hmm. there from you know, uh, and that's good. And and I think that this team needs it. And I also think if you step back and you think about, and you tell me if I'm missing anything here, Teak. The biggest criticisms, including mine, mm-hmm. about the Yankees recently is at least going into the offseason, would they botch the judge stuff? He's here. Yep. Okay. 
Would they go out and add to the payroll and get better? Rodon is here. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees have one of the best rotations on paper in baseball. And we need to see left field. Trust me, we need to see that. But I think that they will. And they brought somebody else in to help out Cashman. Yeah, well, I think that's 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 all you could ask for. Because it's felt like, I mean, other than Rizzo, I'm trying to think of these other trades that really made a huge difference. It's 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 felt light. Uh, I get yeah, Bader is one, but even in the real time, it it was because of the postseason success that Bader had. Um, you know, it's it's kind of fifty fifty with the with the trade deadline stuff with the with the Yankees, and so to get another trusted long term voice and to maybe say, you know, he's probably not going to work out here pressure wise in New York, Joey Gallo. It would have been nice to hear in real time if you were Brian Cashman. And now you have someone else to tell you those hard things that you don't want to necessarily acknowledge. Now, the other question, and we don't know the answer to this, but how okay is Cashman with this little shift in influence or well, you, say well, or do you think, direction? I don't think Sabian's going to have power. I think he's well, going to. What are you bringing him in for? Just, to, to, uh, just to, another voice, right? To have that conversation. I mean, I don't know. A, How's baseball, you know, the depth of his knowledge. I know he's informed and he's there, but it, sometimes it takes a baseball man to have a baseball conversation with another baseball man. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. I'm not knocking Hal at all. It's not, it's not what I'm trying to do. It's just a different, it's a different depth of conversation that you can have. And I think that's, that's what Brian Casman's looking for. And I'm not saying that, you know, he needs it, but a lot of fans would say, yeah, he needs it. And so Brian Sabian brings another voice just to be redundant but i mean think of yes yes i think conceptually you lay that out well like in broad parameters that's the way it should go mm-hmm. and i think that that's the way it will go i think it's a real asset and i and i'm sure that listen cashman's not a dummy Mm-mm. cashman's a smart guy who who by the way knows brian sabian because they came up together yeah. you know i mean cashman's a little bit younger obviously but you know what i mean i i just i wonder when there's the first big disagreement Let's say, let's just say. Well, things are going throw, right. Go ahead. But well, let me throw a right, scenario out for you. It. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. But let's say there's a situation. I know the Mets are going to make a big play for Otani. Maybe he winds up at the Mets, whatever. But let's say, whether it's a Tatis or an Otani or another young superstar who eventually is unhappy wherever they are, okay? And Team X wants to trade him to the Yankees, and the Yankees want him. But Cashman, I'm just creating a dynamic here yeah. to prove a point. Cashman doesn't want to part with. Jason Dominguez and Sabian says he's not what you think he is. Who wins? Yeah, that's you have to think Cashman wins Cashman that because def- he's the GM. Cashman definitely wins unless there is like a real reason. <laughs> like, uh, well, I've done this extra work on him that you haven't seen yet. But then again, why would you not see it? So I hear you. It's probably Cashman winning all the time. But at the end of the day, you just need someone to bounce real ideas off of. Yeah, it takes right. At the end of the day, the more smart voices you have, the better chances you have at mm-hmm. stumbling upon the right situation, right answer. I'm with you on that. All right, let's get back to you guys here. Uh, Anthony is up in the Bronx. Anthony's on the fan with Tiki and Tierney. What's up, Ant? Hey, happy New Year and happy birthday, gentlemen. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, Rob Sala, um, the man doesn't even have the playbook in his hand. Is, is this normal? That, that the head coach doesn't doesn't know what play's coming next. I, mean, I can understand offense, but he's supposed to be a defensive guru. And, you know, our defense keeps giving up the touchdowns to lose the game. Yeah, well, uh, I mean. It seems like he's a cheerleader, and we, we need a leader. Yeah, but it's it's hard to do to, to both. I mean, we've seen some, guys, some offensive coordinators have been really successful being head coach coordinators. Kyle Shanahan's one. Sean Payton's another. But it's guys that have been around and developed their process for a really long time. Even Brian Dable, who is as good a coordinator as the NFL had seen over the last two years, voluntarily gave up the play-calling duties to Mike Kafka. Now, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I can – I'm trying to see Brian Dable on the sideline. I don't think he has a play sheet in his hand. I, I, I think I, I think he does. I, I can't remember. I think he's got something, but he never. He's but not. Salva actually has something hanging from his pants too. Yeah, that, like that, that's, that wire, that's, that's that clipboard the, that's thing. The book. That's that's the defensive book. Yeah, now, I would he, think so. I doubt he needs it because it's not like you're calling specific plays out of a book. Yeah, yeah. From a defense, you're you're reacting first of all to personnel. You get 11, 12, whatever personnel's on the field, then it it defaults to a certain you know group of coverages that you can call whatever it is. He 
he's got too much going on to be that dialed in. And so um, that's what Jeff Olberg does. But I, I'm trying to think. I, I don't see Dayball involved in the offensive like play call. You hear him responding to whatever the call is, mm-hmm. but you don't. I don't know if he's sitting there with the sheet in front of his face, like, all right, you know, because you see Sean Payton. Sean Payton's talking behind his mask, and he's you know, actually you know, double right, whatever, whatever the call is. I don't think that Brian Dable does that. Um, the ones that do it, they had, they have to have a process. Otherwise, it gets a little bit confusing on the sideline for the head coach. Uh, T, just got an update here that Hoff gave us. Let me... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let everybody know what's happening here with the game last night and the uh, the Bills and the Bengals situation with Demar Hamlin. This is not about Hamlin, which we wish it was. This is more about the game schedule. So uh, the NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. And they're speaking with both teams and the NFLPA leadership. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL's made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule, and we will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. All right, so that just came in. Wanted to get it to you. Yeah. Thanks, Hoff. Appreciate it, bud. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Pete and Seaford. What's happening, Pete? Hey, guys. Thanks for making the call. Pleasure. You know, I think, I think we all got so caught up in the, in the horrific quarterback play for the Jets this year. But what I saw out of Rob Sala, starting really with the second Patriots game, is, is a league that figured out this Jets defense. You know, they, teams stopped going after our corners, who are elite, mm-hmm. and teams started getting rid of the ball faster to defeat the front four pass rush, yep. which was successful without having to blitz for the majority of the season. Our linebackers were exposed. Everyone knew the safeties were poor. That was not a secret. Whitehead and Joyner, I know Joyner's done, but Whitehead had a very poor season. And teams started to pick on on the linebackers of the safeties, and Sala made no adjustments, really, since the second New England game. Well, no, no adjustments were made, and I know that they had some sort of gaudy stats in terms of second half performances versus first half performances. But the last caller just pointed it out: this Jets defense gave up a lot of big touchdowns in a lot of big spots. The Vikings game in that second half, that that bang, 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 four plays. I went to the bathroom, I came back, the Vikings scored. Uh, obviously, the Lions game on fourth down. You know, I I, I I don't I did not see Sala making that adjustment on top of the clock management issues and everything else that everyone's talked about the last two days. Yeah, look, I don't know I don't know who the change is, and and if it's Sean Payton, so be it. But I I just don't see Sala. I don't know if these are correctable correctable things from him. Well, I mean, defensively, it's 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 hard to put. F- full blame on the defense because you're right over the last three games I'm just looking this is a pure statistical analysis and not going deep into the you know the minutiae of what went on to each of these games but for I'm going to say 
75% of the season, the Jets are holding opposing offenses under 300 yards. I mean, some of them significantly under 300 yards. Um, but the last three games... six backup quarterbacks, to your point about not going exactly. to the minutia, but yeah, but, I got you. But the last three games, they gave up 359, 365, and 346. Not explosive, but it's still significantly more than they previously had. But in those corresponding offensive performances, I mean, I can remember this, just the three and outs. The the anemic, you know, 65 yards on the ground, 70 yards on the ground, 150 yards passing. Like, their offense... Is it was not holding up their side of the bargain, and I don't care how good of a defense you are. If you're, you know, seven play drive, maybe you give up a field goal or a touchdown. You go sit down. You come back three plays later, four play. It just it wears on you. And this is what I said against it was the Seattle game. No, no, uh, was it Jacksonville? Was it no? It was Jacksonville. It just felt like the defense just they they lost their want to. And it wasn't a knock on them. It's just it's just hard mm-hmm. when your when your offense is that bad. The Jets' offense had two hundred and twenty seven yards against the Jaguars. Two hundred and twenty seven. Mm. I mean, some teams rush for two hundred and twenty seven yards. Uh, that that's that's fair that you bring that to the table. I think that's part of it. I think that they got worn plus down the, plus turnovers. No I mean, doubt, the amount of turnovers over the last couple of weeks for the for the Jets have been horrible. I mean, let's go back five weeks. They've had. Ten turnovers over the last five weeks, and they haven't created many. No, I think only one. Just I one. Think. One, right. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One against Jacksonville. No, that's that's part of the package that I think needs to be thrown out there so everybody gets a clear picture. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I guess what's a little confounding to me, but also like, I think why I'm so open to somebody like Peyton. Mm-hmm. All right, is so I, I look at Salah. And I said, okay, so he's not involved in the offense. That's understood. Yep. He's a defensive background. Got it. He's not calling the plays on defense, so he's not intimately connected to that either. So I say to myself, <laughs> and I don't mean to sound like a jerk here, yeah, like, yeah. what is he doing? Well, he's overseeing, I guess, in theory, the entire operation, right? And then he said, well, what does that operation entail? That would be morale. Yeah. He destroyed the morale, or he, he he allowed the morale of his young quarterback to be destroyed. He didn't destroy, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, the clock management, I hate to harp on this, but that's part of the job, and he didn't do it particularly well. And I really thought when he was hired that he would be more of an emotional, more of a consistent emotional presence. That's fun. And that yeah. is very disappointing to me and a lot of Jet fans that he's not. I, I, I wonder where that went. Like we, Don't know. We talked about this yesterday with, with Joe B. We felt it early with the whole receipts thing. You just felt him being pissed off, right? And he was, but even last year we were saying, man, this guy, he looked like, as I say, the bold bull yeah, running yeah, yeah. stairs in San Francisco. Yeah. Like he wants to take on the whole world to almost subdued like, hmm, yeah, well, that's, again, that's not what I thought he was going to be. The word I used with Joe B was defeated. It's like he looked defeated, and I, I'm surprised that that's already happened. Now, it's a hard job being a head coach in the NFL. is not easy. It's not for everybody because you got to have a resiliency and a, you know, I don't care mentality half the time. You know, almost defiant in some ways. But there's a fine line between showing defiance and you know being irrational. But the other way on that line is apathy, and the, you can't have that. And I don't think he has that. Yeah, but he definitely just, doesn't have apathy. Just, I know you're not it, saying that, but, but it, it projects felt, almost yeah. apathetically, which I know is so unfair to him. It is not even remotely true. Yep. But I almost feel like I saw an excitable Sala when they did something well. I needed to see an excitable Sala when things were going awry. Mm-hmm. That's what I needed. Yeah. Like when an accountability. They, yes. Like when Jones got picked off week one of Tennessee. Dayball lit him up. Oh yeah, and I think that it was—it's more effective when things are going the wrong way rather than just you know well, jumping up and and chesting you know a defensive player with a pick or whatever, like which is cool as well. Yeah, but I—they needed more of that. True, it's like when Darius Slayton fumbles in the beginning of the third quarter, up twenty-four to three. He got a—he got a tongue lash. He got chewed out. And then he got consoled, and then, then things were fine. Yeah. They'd go yeah. on and dominate the second half. Thought he was going to be a little little different in that regard. Listen, I think there's also something to be said for getting a job here and, and almost feeling like you have to act a certain way mm-hmm. because you almost think that people are out to get you. Really, all we want is 
Is it an authentic yeah. representation of who you are? Yeah, and you know what I mean. And consistency. And consistency. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, Dick and Tierney back on the fan. It is 142. Where'd Tiki go? <laughs> he left the studio and didn't come back. Uh, maybe that was Izzo's way of uh, sabotaging Tiki. Maybe he put a little something in that in that muffin, and he had more than me. Maybe Tiki's in the bathroom, Dove. What happens when you have to go? No, oh, I'm good. Oh, good. I timed things out. <laughs> oh, man. You like Sabian. You've seen him. He's been around a long time. Long time. Although there have been some special advisors to the GM before. Mm-hmm. Carlos Beltran. Yeah. Hideki Matsui. Yeah, I mean, but what are they doing? They're more now he's an executive advisor, so hopefully it's different. Uh, yeah, to me, uh, I don't know, those felt a little more, I want to say hollow. That's unfair to Beltran and Hideki Matsui. But Brian Sabian's been an executive for 33-plus decades. Three championships. He drafted or signed Jeter and Moe and Pettit and, you know, J.T. Snow and some superstars. I mean, Snow wasn't a superstar, but you know what I mean. They're Posada. So, that is good news. Going to be an interesting baseball season. It's still a long ways away, but that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's get back to the call. See what you guys are thinking. 877-337-6666. Kevin at Ocean City. What up, Kev? How are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. All right, Kevin. Um, I'm going by a pre- uh, earlier caller. I I agree. We need a quarterback. We don't need to fire the coach. We don't need to fire this and that. I don't think we need to overreact. We need a quarterback. I'm not a great fan of LaFleur, but with a quarterback that can throw the ball decent, the offense does work. We just have to run the ball more. But we don't have to get rid of everybody. And and it's a very simple fix. I mean, the head coach or the upstairs, look, we want you to run the ball more. Just run the ball more. You know, as simple as that. It's no, it's no, you don't have to be a rocket science. Run the ball more. But the offense does work with a quarterback. It does seem to work. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, to an extent. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you want to see Mike White as the starting quarterback next season? No, I'm saying get a, get a, you can get another quarterback, but that's, it, that's what we need another quarterback. But that's not the, the problem is it's not, we don't have to fire the coach and fire everybody, just mm-hmm. get a quarterback. And um, on another note, when you you know talking about getting Peyton and Harbor and Wright, mm-hmm. I mean Peyton and Harbor, I, I I was surprised you put Reich in the same breath with them because Reich is not the same as them. No, no. I, if I actually, am, what I said was, you remember I said a, a, a clear tier behind right behind right, because, Jim and uh, Peyton. Yeah, cause, oh, it's not yeah, even cause no, not it's on, not the same. No, no, he's not on the level. I agree but with that. But the point is, I don't think we. I don't. You know, I. I I don't think we get rid of Salah. I mean, give him, and like I said, we need a quarterback. That's what we need. All right, we need man. A Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to lead some sort of movement here where there's a petition, you know, you know, firesala.org. No way. I mean, w- what I had very clearly stated, if it ain't Peyton and it ain't Harbaugh, and as I said before, to a much lesser extent, it's not Reich, then it's Salah. I mean, whereas when we were in the – the, the the throws at the end of the Bulls situation and the Gase. At that point, I'll just take anybody at this point. No way. Salah's commanded. He's earned a lot. Even though his record's 11, 20, 11 and 22, he's earned a lot more respect than those other guys and many other Jet coaches and Giant coaches that have bombed here because the presentation's different. There's been an, an elevation in spots that at least gives you the, the belief that mm-hmm. it can work. But it's not quite you do consistently to... good enough where you should absolutely, in my opinion, absolutely say, oh, yeah, there's no conversation to be had. Absolutely back. No changes to the staff. I think that he gives. He... Where were you, by the way? Did you gives, forget about the he... show? No, I was just out there chatting. I was trying to make coffee, but it's too damn slow. Um, ultimately, he's given us real talk, which helps. Like if he was the BSer, you know what I mean? Talking about that doesn't Zach, work. it doesn't work. It might work on the introductory press conference. It's not working after us watching a season yeah. of whomever do whatever they do, sport wise. He's not a BSer. No, he, he's not. He, he's telling us exactly what's he, like the whole benching of Zach and then the whole 
Mike White thing and then going back to Zach. At least he was like real with you. Wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't trying to make excuses. He didn't. But I, you know, and I think that you and I fundamentally Maybe it was mismanaged. That's what I was going to say. But at least he was like forward with it. There was a decent enough. Uh, Maybe almost too much transparency for a very tough situation, which which we gave him credit for. That was tough to navigate. Yeah. Nobody wants to go a fifth round pick from a uh, drafted by a different team versus a guy who was a second yeah. overall pick that you just took two years ago. Mm-hmm. That is a tough juggle, admittedly. But again, I know I keep going back to this, and you, I don't think you fully agree with me, and, and others don't. And that's fine. I respect it. I just don't understand. Like if you ask Sala in his most quiet. Honest moment, <clears throat> and is you know Rob the coach, whatever. However, you know him, Rob. Would you really let those guys get on the on the plane wearing those Mike White shirts again? Yeah, like no. I know it's a little thing, but it's symbolic of a larger thing. Well, yeah, and the other thing to think about is how many coach slash GMs survive drafting and screwing up your quarterback situation. That's, think, it's think a, about it's a short list. It's a very short list, and I think I think the Bears are a good example with Mitch Trubisky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Ryan Pace was that Ryan Pace uh, out there? Ryan Pace was the GM, and yeah. Matt Nagy, who was a pretty highly thought of coordinator, yeah. came from um, Kansas City. He definitely did. With, yeah, well, from the Andy and he had Reed a pretty good first year. I think he had a really good first year. I think what was he twelve and four? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. He's twelve and four his first year. And you felt like, all right, Mitchell Trubisky's not great. He's not horrible. He's kind of like Daniel Jones, to be honest with you. Three thirty-two hundred yards, twenty-four touchdowns, twelve interceptions. It wasn't horrible, but he won. He won. They won twelve games. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you saw Trubisky just start to spiral into like terribleness. <laughs> he was just bad. And when Trubisky was jettisoned, coaches, GMs that draft those guys. And especially a guy who you moved up to get, you don't survive. No, you don't. You 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 don't, and, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And so, all of this talk that we're talking about with with Robert Sala, so much of it does depend on what happens with Zach Wilson and if this thing corrects itself. And so, the priority this offseason, and this is why we're talking about Matt Lafleur so much, is and whatever the solu- offensive solution is, you got to get it right. Because you don't survive drafting a quarterback, especially number two, and having him fail. As, no. And fail as spectacularly as Zach Wilson is failing right now. You know what's crazy? It's funny because we talked about Trubisky a lot back on the on the old the old show, whatever. But, yeah. you know, you look at his second year. He made the Pro Bowl, whatever. Everybody makes the Pro Bowl at some point, I guess. It's not that hard the mm-hmm. way it used to be set up. Goes 11-3 and as a starter. And just imagine if Zach Wilson, now this is exactly what he did that year, 67% completion percentage. Uh-huh. Imagine if Zach gave you that, okay? Uh, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, almost 3,300 yards, and I know he did some stuff with his wheels. Rushing, I'm just going down the page here. Uh, rushing, he ran for almost 200 yards, and any touchdowns, I'm sorry, any touchdowns, why does it not say touchdowns there? Uh, I don't I don't see any touchdowns for whatever reason. But, you know, a couple of hundred more yards on the ground and the yeah. threat to tuck it and run a little bit. So, I mean, just imagine if Zach gave us that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets would be – they'd have 12 wins, man. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have right. 12 wins. They now, really would in, be. In defense of, of, of um, Robert Sala, Mitch Trubisky is a little bit different because John Fox drafted him. Yes. So Ryan uh, Matt Nagy acquired him, made him pretty decent, and then he deteriorated. That's true. And then the GM and the head coach were gone. That's true. All right, Dolph. Let's go, buddy. All right. Here we go. Time for the Tiki Tierney Daily Pick brought to you by Superbook Sports. Better odds, favorable prices by Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. And by Flag and Anthem, real close, real life. Visit our friends at Flag and Anthem. Dot com. You know, I had I did have the um, the Bengals last night. Obviously, that never came to fruition for much more important circumstances with uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, so I didn't get a win or a loss, and that is completely trivial. Who cares? Tonight, I'm going to jump back in the NBA. Uh, the Bucks. I think that number's a little low. The Bucks are back home, laying eight to the Wizards. Uh, listen, do I think the Bucks can score 120-plus? I do. I think if they get to that, do I think that they get enough separation to cover the the eight, eight and a half points against the Wizards? I do. Uh, I have it right now at eight. Give me the Bucks minus eight over the Washington Wizards in the NBA. 
the Tiki and Tierney Daily Pick. There you go. All right. How about Corey and Manalapin? Talk a little Yankees on the fan. What's up, Corey? How you doing? Hi, guys. I know it's a little bit. I know I'm against the clock, but I just have a question. I just saw big Yankee fan, and I just saw um, Sabian is going to be the assistant GM. I know he was with the Yankees. I know he's a big figure. What does that mean for Cashman? Well, what it means, first of all, Cashman got an extension. So contractually, it means nothing for Cashman. Is yeah. Does that lead, Corey, to a possible dilution, if you will, of, of influence? I don't know. What I think it means for the Yankees, which is really what matters to us as fans, is that the Yankees got a smart, accomplished, winning voice in the room. And that's good. That's yeah, good. I, I, he was with us, so he knows yeah. the organization. So it's a slam dunk, I think. So I love it, too. Thanks. Thank, you got a core. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. And usually when Hoff, you know, the way these things go down, Hoff will say, hey, we got something big here. He'll tell me in my mm-hmm. ear. And then usually it's not big. He's wrong. So, like, I go on the air and I expect something big. And he just tells me, oh, triple uh, A uh, fifth outfielder signed it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he was right this time. Your instincts were right there. Here we I, come, and baby. was poo-pooing it like, yeah. Was he really? Yeah. No. He thought it was huge. I said it's big. It's not huge. I think it's a huge well. deal. Well, it depends. Uh, you know, I mean. Well, it depends on what they actually do. Like, it, you know what I mean. So, if if there's a if there's a if there's an impactful move mid season, and we find out he had a big part in it, then it means something. When you bring in someone like Brian Sabian, anything that happens going forward, you're gonna lump him into it. Yep. So I agree. Yeah, anything big, but I think he'll come with. Moves that may not sound big, mm-hmm. but may be impactful. Uh, he's smart. That's a good take. I agree. You know, Angel Pagan, former Met. Like I mentioned his name before. Like all these moves that they made. Yeah, like he, why, what? He's even uh, Melky was out there for a minute. Melky was out Melky there. Melky Cabrera. Yeah. Listen, I mean, Hunter Pence is someone that I always say compared like Brendan Nimmo to. That type of guy though yeah, was yeah. like just a a. a Nuts and bolts type of guy. He had this aura about him. He came did. in, dude. He had one of the most impactful uh, hits in the in the World Series. They loved Hunter Pence. Yeah, Hunter yeah. Pence. Dude, anybody goes up there with no batting gloves. Or the like, weirdest swing. Guts. Yeah. The ugly. Well, Posada, Posada never wore batting gloves. The ugliest swing. Not fluid. It was choppy. Uh, he just he, honestly, he looked like the complete opposite. Like uh, Tom Bamansky, the old baseball VHS tapes, had to, Freddie McGriff, you know, had to teach kids how to play. This is the video that you would show to kids how not to play baseball. Because <laughs> there's one person in the world that can play like that, and yeah. it's him. Yeah. It was so unorthodox, but he was – I liked Hunter, Hunter Pence. I liked watching and, him. And the, pi- the pitching staff, though, for the Giants was pretty ridiculous. Oh, Matt Cain, Timmy Lincecum, Brian exactly. Vogel. So, no, yeah. they had some horses. And Barry Zito. Hey, of course, you got Mad Bum. Not oh, Barry. Yeah, yeah, Barry Zito. <laughs> that was one of the worst contracts ever. Hey, he won a World Series. He did. What was his deal? Was it like 70-something million dollars? Yeah. It, it was, was crazy and at I know the time. Mets, Mets fans were dying for him, too. And Barry Zito. That Barry Zito was one of those guys. He looked terrible in uniform. Like, he used to wear his stirrups, you know, the weird. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> <he really? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just some people that aren't fit to be an athlete. And he was one of them. <laughs> but he was a good pitcher with the A's. He was great. He Dad was. Paid a little bit with too. Mark Mulder and uh, why am I forgetting the third? Mulder. Uh, Tim Hudson. Timmy Hudson, obviously. Tim Hudson. All right. So that's it. Eric Davis was the other one. Non-replicable. Yeah, yeah, batting. but he looked good in the uniform. He I know, for but, the Reds. But I'm just saying oh, his, he batting, his batting. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had a little bit. He had like his hands were low and his low. had that elbow out, a little jacked up. Who's the current athlete right now that you just like? That guy does not look like a ball player. Like Walker Bueller, I know he's a Dodger, mm, but when he wears question. those skin tight pants, it kind of makes me feel like he's going to go to like a rave or some kind of club yeah, and not yeah. pitch. Are you but talking least, about non non uniform or or his uniform? Or. But at least he looks athletic. Yeah. Like I think yeah. some of these guys that wear their stirrups weird and their pants are a little droopy. Like they look not athletic. At least like I mean, Josh I wouldn't Naylor, wear my pants like that. But like was it? Is it Josh Naylor from the Guardians? Like when you see him, oh, he yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. see. He doesn't feel like that's not a baseball player, is it? Because he wears his outfit a little bit weird too, a uniform a little bit weird. I think he got his high, the high pants stuff like that. You know that. who I don't think looks like a great athlete, and he's not a great athlete anymore. But I, I think I don't. I think he needs to change the way he wears his uniforms, making him look older than he is, even though he's getting up there a little bit. DJ, DJ's looking a little Why? creaky with those socks all the way up. Oh, I don't well. know. 
Well, he is looking. He's very old. He his body seems old. It does. And it's is Judd going to rock the high uh, the high waters when he's when he's thirty seven? Yeah, I think he will. Is he? He's so damn tall. He has to. Yeah. I mean, think about it. if he puts it, if he lets him go all the way down like most guys. That's do. how I warm. I used to love him. True, down but if there. He that did, was think awesome. Think how long he would look, like Griffey. And he already gets these low strikes called, anyways. Yeah. So if he if he now had, with the robo ump's coming, yeah. If he had his pants all the way down to his ankles, there's no way. You know what I mean? I don't like the pants that, like, Sean Chacon, I think. You remember him? I think Sean Chacon used to wear them like this. I don't, like, I love them down but tight. I don't like them down and loose with no elastic. Like, that's another look. That's Uh, sloppy. I don't like it. That just looks like, like, 70s bell bottoms. That's that's not not, not cool. How would Dove look in in a uniform? We saw the pictures from the late 70s when he was a star softball player. Remember he brought in the program? Looked pretty good. He looked slick. He was a hard-hitting second baseman back in the day. Dove. How many home runs did you hit, Dove? How many, Dovey? Not homers. It was <laughs> doubles between the gap. Ah, I was a gapper. You were All placing right. it intentionally. He was a line drive hitter, Teak. <laughs> That's what the old scouts would say. Uh, good show, my man. Thank you, brother. One year in the books officially. Awesome. Thank you, man. Everybody else out there. Have an awesome day. Hoff, thanks for not messing it up too much today. Dove. You mess it up a little bit. That's just part of the deal. <laughs> Enjoy the hoops, whatever you got going on tonight. Johnny's, let's go, man. I mean, St. John's got to win this game. You, you got to beat Marquette tonight. Got to. Carter Roberts coming up next. We are back tomorrow at 10. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.